Welcome to the December 27th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast, where we cover the biggest stories of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency, and we especially do a deep dive market analysis, so you know what's going on in the market. This is your host from outer space, the one and only Space Marine. Jumping into that market analysis, Bitcoin sitting near 37.50 on Bitstamp, and that's about the global price. Bitfinex is at 38.70. Bitfinex is always a lot higher than Bitstamp ever since they changed their fees for deposits and withdrawals for fiat. So yeah, 37.50 is the real price for Bitcoin right now. And Bitcoin has absolutely been suppressed. And it goes back to, well, we'll just do the kind of broad picture. Bitcoin is at $3,100 around December 15th. It rallied all the way to like 42.40 around Christmas Eve. Or even on Christmas. Yeah, Christmas Eve. And then, since then, the price crashed. It crashed pretty hard uh, on Christmas Eve. Down to about 3,700 or so. And then since then, it's been suppressed. It tried to rally a couple times. Um, later on on Christmas, it rallied to like 3850 and then went down a little bit, back to where 3700 And then uh, yesterday, before midnight, it rallied again to 3840 and it's been suppressed. Why is the Bitcoin price struggling to rise? Bitcoin seems to be way undervalued where it is. That's why that rally to 4300 happened at all. Well, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange uh, Bitcoin futures contract for December 2018 is expiring tomorrow, the 28th, at 4 p.m. or so, I believe, United States time. So I believe until then, the market will be suppressed. It has been shown. I did a big analysis and research on this. I literally looked at every expiration date for CME Bitcoin futures contracts, and it was very easy to see that there was market manipulation occurring right around that expiration date. Even the whole month, there's strong short selling most months, and then some months they decided to go long. Here's a fact. Bitcoin has not gone up in price two contract periods in a row. Basically, the CME traders mostly short every month, but then when Bitcoin gets too low, it's too low right now, it really is. So I think next month will be a long. But what I'm trying to say is they have let it go long like a couple months out of 2018, but they'll let it go long for a month, they'll let the price rise, and then right when that contract expires and they get the long profits from Bitcoin going up, they short and they get profits from it going down. And they chose December 2018 this month as a short month, very clearly. If you go back to the beginning of the month on the charts, um, November like 30th is about the day that the other contract expired. So you can say December 1st was the day they took their positions up. The price of Bitcoin was like $4,200. And then it crashed really hard uh, to 3100 And then there was that rally. That rally they couldn't control, but they did control ultimately. So I, could, I shouldn't say they couldn't control it. They did. So Bitcoin went up to $4,200 a couple of times. Uh, like we just talked about, and then it was stopped. Like something was definitely stopping it from going up higher than that. Because if it were, would have rose above forty two hundred, all of those CME Bitcoin futures traders would have lost money on their short positions, and they have very strong manipulation control over the market. They do. That's why Bitcoin has declined from twenty thousand to like where where it is now, basically. If you look at the long long term chart on December seventeenth, twenty seventeen, the day the futures launched on CME. The market started to crash that very day. So that just proves it. And then the Federal Reserve came out and said in an official statement that the Bitcoin futures on CME are the reason the Bitcoin market has declined. So the Federal Reserve says this. That's the biggest bank in the world. 
And they they usually, they're not really favorable towards Bitcoin because Bitcoin's kind of competing, but not really on a big level. The Federal Reserve is obviously a much bigger monetary system than Bitcoin, period. But, you know, they keep their eye on it. They keep their eye on all the money in the world. And they were saying, yeah, well, the Bitcoin futures definitely caused the market to crash for Bitcoin. So I'm not the only one saying it. I'm not making this up. It's not just my opinion. It's the Federal Reserve's stance, too. So, basically what's going to happen, because uh, it started at $4,200 for um, when they took out their short positions at the beginning of December this month. They'll probably keep the price suppressed through tomorrow, and then the 29th, they're going to take their foot off of it. Bitcoin is too low right now. The stock market has been going down. It was down 5,000 points, but then the Dow Jones actually rallied 1,000 points yesterday. And I'm actually going to look at the futures for Dow Jones. The market opens at 9.30 a.m. in the United States, Eastern Time in New York. And the futures are looking appropriately bad uh, because it went up. It seems like it went up way too much yesterday. It went up 1,000 points. But even if it went up 1,000 points yesterday and kept going up today, we're still in a crash. We're still in a stock crash. It went down 5,000 points overall. Now it's a total of 4,000 points down. Uh, or a little more than that, actually, like 4,300. So... The stock market is doing bad, and like one day, even in low, this, that was the biggest point gain in Dow Jones history. Yeah, it was. A thousand point point gain is the biggest one in history. It happened yesterday for the Dow Jones, one of the biggest stock indices in the United States. That's not going to end whatever's going on. So there's something called like, you know, dead cat bounces. That wasn't quite a dead cat bounce. That was like probably more than that. But if it goes down today, then the market sentiment is still, hey, the stock market's going down. The futures are down hundreds of points. I'm looking at the Dow Jones futures down 300 points. And then the NASDAQ's down almost 100 points. S&P's down like 30 points, but the S&P's a much smaller indice. Basically, yeah, the market goes down today in the stock market. And then uh, tomorrow's the futures expiration. Well, I think the stocks are going to keep going down. Like, Amazon stock crashed so hard. Apple crashed so hard, it looks like a pump and dump, practically. So, if the stock market's still going down and not going up, like, a thousand points every day. Um, and also, Bitcoin, even if the stock market went up. Like, here's why I'm so sure about my uh, forecast. And here's my forecast. So, when the futures close happens tomorrow, uh, the Bitcoin price will be suppressed until then. So, the futures uh, traders can get their short selling profit and then they're going to take their foot off of it because bitcoin is undervalued bitcoin was trying to rally to 4300 and now it's around 3750 it probably wants to rally back to like 6000 or 7000 something like that back to where it was i think this whole dip below 6500 has been below its real value by far and so i believe Bitcoin will rally in January, even if the stock market is going up somehow. But I don't think the stock market's going up. That's what I was trying to say. The stock market might be trying to show signs of going up. There's plenty of manipulation there, too, in all sorts of directions. I'm not a complete expert on everything that moves the stock market. No one is, because there's so much going on, so much powerful people and entities controlling it. So, even if the stock market's going up, though, in January, Bitcoin's going to go up. Just because of the futures traders, they can't short every month. If they decide to short when Bitcoin's near its bottom value, they're going to have a hard time keeping the market down. So they might as well just let it go long. And if they let it go long for a month, they make long profits, and so does everyone else in Bitcoin. And then they can go short again in February, or whatever they decide. But that's usually how they do it. They let it go long for a month, like in January, I think, and then they short it to squeeze out the short-selling profits again. And this has been going on in the gold market, like since Bit before Bitcoin was created. The same thing with the gold futures on Comex. It's all from Globex. The Bitcoin futures are from Globex, and the gold futures are from Globex.
So, Globex has like really solid control of the underlying asset classes for whatever futures they're running. And the gold market has been abused in this way. They let it go long for a month, then they short it for a month, then they long it for a month. The gold price is stabilized at a value far below what it should be. And unfortunately, that's like, just look at gold. Whatever happened to gold with the gold futures, that's probably Bitcoin's fate too. Except Bitcoin's more easily um, manipulated because the gold market's like $10 trillion and the Bitcoin market's less than $100 billion. Uh, so I'm going to go to CoinMarketCap just to show you the exact value of Bitcoin's market cap. $66 billion or no. That's way too small to have a Globex market. It's too easily manipulated. I think the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC, should actually pull the Bitcoin futures on the CME because it's just way too easy to manipulate a market that's less than $100 billion or even less than a trillion. It was not a good decision to do that. It was almost like a bad move. It caused a lot of investors, the entire Bitcoin ecosystem, to get absolutely crushed. If they didn't launch those futures on December 17, 2017, Bitcoin could probably be over $20,000 right now. And that's the reality. So they probably shouldn't have let the entire ecosystem get crushed. And I think it was a malicious move, a coordination between the government and CME. This is my view, my opinion, not Bitcoin News's view and opinion. I think it was malicious, though, because it did ruin the market. It is controlling the market, and that's not the way the Bitcoin market was supposed to be. A lot of people might think the Bitcoin market's like a free Wild West place. It's not the Wild West anymore. The sheriff's in town. The CME features of the sheriff. And they're a bad sheriff. It's like a corrupt sheriff that takes bribes and, like, you know, steals everyone's money or something. Worse than the criminal. Okay. So that's enough of my own view. Hopefully you understand what's going on in the market, though. Just to summarize it again, tomorrow's the expiration date for the December 2018 Bitcoin futures contracts. And then in January, I think it'll go up. Even if the stock market's going up, it'll go up. But I think the stock market will be going down. So we could be seeing a serious Bitcoin rally in January. And people will probably get delusional. But they go, oh, Bitcoin's going up again all year. You know, this is it. This is the rally because it might go to like 10000 or something. And then, you know, in February, they'll squeeze out those shorts. And people are like, oh, man, what happened? Like whenever I see the news sites talk about why Bitcoin prices move, they don't actually like talk about what's actually going on. And it's mostly CME. Like, they showed those technical charts, they have some triangles drawn on it. They're like, oh, there's volatility, and, like, here's a line drawn this way and that way. And we don't know what's going on. That's what they say. Well, I know what's going on. So keep following the show, and day by day, I'll refine this analysis, and I think I'm starting to get some skill in predicting Bitcoin's price. All right, so jumping into the rest of the market analysis, Ripple, uh, it's just below $15 billion market cap. And I'm looking, just a quick scroll down the quick market cap page. It's been suppressed across the board, and it's because when Bitcoin goes down or is not doing that great, the other cryptos go down a little more. Ripple's down 2%. Ethereum's down $126. Ethereum has some crazy stuff coming up. I haven't seen confirmation from the developers. Well, I guess they did confirm it. The Constantinople hard fork is coming on January 14th or so, or like January 16th, January 18th, something like that. So when that fork happens... There could be a nice war between the miners and the developers and the investors. The developers and the investors are on the same side, and they say, get rid of the miners. The miners have too much control. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto designed a proof-of-work cryptocurrency like Bitcoin for the miners to be in control as a way to decentralized vote. But basically what the people decided is to have kind of like a government for Ethereum. And Ethereum has like a whole bunch of developers that kind of coordinate together to, you know, control Ethereum. It's not decentralized anymore. It's a government. So people say Ethereum's decentralized. It's not. If the developers could get rid of the miners like this, that is absolute proof it's centralized. It's not a dictatorship completely. 
but you got the developers collectively controlling Ethereum. And the miners are going to like probably expose that fact because the miners have like Ethereum ASICs, ETH hash ASICs, and the developers in the Constantinople hard fork are getting rid of the ASICs for Ethereum. They're slashing the block worth from 3 Ether to 2 Ether. So these uh, miners have nothing to lose by causing a big stink. In fact, they would be best off if they like split Ethereum into another version of Ethereum. And if they have a big battle to try to ruin the version of Ethereum that's forking uh, to get rid of the miners. In the best case scenario, Ethereum is going to be pretty tense when this work happens. Worst case scenario, we're going to be seeing that chain split, two different versions of Ethereum popping off and, you know, a big price decrease. So I think it was good that Ethereum rallied. Um, but by the way, and then let's put this back into the broader analysis. Almost all the crypto assets and cryptocurrencies, whatever you want to call them, tokens. Well, let's just call them cryptocurrencies. Alternative cryptocurrencies. I like the term altcoins. Let's not use that much anymore. But these are all altcoins, in my opinion. Bitcoin's the only, you know, the official one, and then there are alternate versions. The other ones. There's like two thousand, three thousand, whatever altcoins. Well, they all follow a Bitcoin's lead. So if Bitcoin's going to be rallying in January, like I think it is. Uh, Ethereum will survive, and that's going to be the worst case scenario for the miners. So if Bitcoin's rallying a bunch because the CMA traders are like, okay, let's go long for a month. We can't like squeeze any more shorts at this level. Then uh, Ethereum will rally alongside it. And then when the fork happens, Ethereum's going to go down compared to the rest of the cryptocurrencies, but it won't go down too much. And Ethereum will stay alive. So this is a perfect storm for the developers in Ethereum getting what they want. It's like perfect timing. It might be right in the middle of a nice rally for the crypto space. And then the miners will really get disenfranchised. Let's say the market doesn't go. Let's say I'm wrong and the market goes down. And this fork happens. Ethereum stands a chance of like really crashing to nothing. So, I think it's good the market will be going up in January, probably, because that will keep Ethereum alive. Like, this is going to be a storm for them. Bitcoin Cash at $166, and honestly, the Bitcoin Cash volume and actual use is so low. Like, the whole point of Bitcoin Cash was to make a more scalable Bitcoin by increasing the block size, but not enough people are using Bitcoin Cash. So few people use Bitcoin Cash, usually their block sizes are like 100 kilobytes or 10 kilobytes instead of even a megabyte. But their block size limits like 32 megabytes or 128 megabytes, something crazy. Well, yeah, I think it's 32 megabytes for Bitcoin Cash and uh, 128 megabytes for Bitcoin SV. But anyway, so few people use these, it's not even needed. And uh, I think it's entirely speculation driven their price. So the Bitcoin market was, the whole crypto market was starting to rally uh, before the CME trader stomped on it like a, five days ago or something. And Bitcoin Cash went up to like $200 and now it's letting it back to like 166 I don't think there's anything real in this price. It's just like, let's speculate. And Bitcoin Cash is one of the easy ones to get on Coinbase. So, yeah. EOS is down to $2.3 billion market cap. In fact, I think it was there like last time I mentioned EOS on the last show or the show before. So EOS is about steady state and... Like I said, no matter how bad I think a cryptocurrency is or how bad the world thinks a cryptocurrency is, everything will rally. Even the scam coins are going to rally if January is the way I think it's going to be. And that's one of the problems in the crypto space that makes the SEC very angry. Like, you could have obvious scam coins. Coins where all the investors are like, this is a scam, I want my money back. And then when the rally comes again, when the market goes up, it just gets tons more money. So yeah, that's something to be resolved. There's a lot of coins here that are just totally centralized and they kind of wasted a lot of the investors' money. So, I personally don't think cryptocurrencies are that worthwhile if they're for investment. I like Bitcoin as decentralized peer-to-peer -peer electronic money. That's my favorite use 
of Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency, and then most of these just don't have any use of it like that. Like, I like Dogecoin, too. Might as well just go to Dogecoin right now. Dogecoin is down a little bit, but it's at $283 million market cap. So, like, Dogecoin, probably Litecoin and Bitcoin. Yeah, they're being used as decentralized peer-to-peer -peer money. Litecoin at $30 right now, $1.8 billion market cap. But then the rest of them is like, let's invest in something and, you know, make a company with a token sort of thing. I'm not into that. But I'll, you know, I'll give you the market analysis for it. All right, so uh, Tether is still at a dollar and two cents. It seems to have stabilized at a dollar and two cents. It looks pretty volatile on the chart actually, but it's, it's around a dollar and two cents whenever I do the show. I don't think it's good that it's above a dollar all the time. It's supposed to be at a dollar, not above a dollar. As for IOTA, the number one DAG directed to stick the graph coin, it's crawling towards a billion dollars, and when the rally comes, if it comes, it'll go over a billion. So will Monero. Monero's at $47 right now. $788 million market cap. Monero's the number one privacy coin. And I don't think there's, like, that much use for the privacy coin. Like, there is. There's a solid use for privacy coins. It's, like, hiding your money and using probably the deep web. But I don't think there's so many people using the deep web using Monero that Monero's price will ever deserve to go up, like, too much. But there's speculation to all of this. Even Bitcoin. There's tons of speculation and investment in Bitcoin. Now, the market's driven by speculation and investment. Like, we talked about that whole CME futures discussion. Basically, the speculators and the investors took over the market, in other words. It's happened in every cryptocurrency. So, Monero has a real use, and therefore, speculators and investors will buy it more than the ones that don't have a use. Another cryptocurrency that's pretty decent is Dash. Dash is at $81. It's down a bit. Less than $700 million market. So, I think Dash, Monero, Litecoin... Even Ethereum and Bitcoin and, you know, Dogecoin, those are all going to be going up a lot. And so will everything else. Even Bitcoin Cash will be going up a lot. Like, if there's actually a rally in January starting in a couple of days or a few days. And by the way, after the futures contracts expire, usually the market's kind of wounded. And it takes, like, up to a week or two to, like, start rallying, maybe, like, 10 days. So it's not going to be instant. When those futures contracts expire, you know, people are going to be, like, a little kind of scared. You know, why didn't the market go up at all? Why is it, like, so suppressed? But then it'll start rallying and start rallying. It'll be like a feedback loop. It'll go up. All right. So I actually have a news story for today. Uh, Bitmain is laying off like over 50% of its employees. Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, so Bitmain was supposed to have an initial public offering on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. And instead of that, they're just trying to survive. So they're probably not, there's definitely not going to be an IPO on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange anymore. This company is struggling to survive. They're cutting more than 50% of their employees. They're get, getting rid of entire divisions. The first things to go will be like artificial intelligence and blockchain technology because Bitmain makes their money off mining, but they made so much money off mining manufacturing when the, there's a huge demand for rigs that they were like, okay, we're going to be artificial intelligence. We're going to be blockchain technology. Well, now they have to cut all that stuff. They need to just focus on absolutely what makes the money. But here's the thing. Uh, the Bitcoin hash rate is like 40 exahash per second. It was up to 60 exahash per second. That means like 20 exahash per second, 20 exahash per second of rigs have been turned off and are offline. So the entire mining business model has been ruined. Basically, when you're mining Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, you have to be mining 24-7. You make slim profits even in good conditions, and then you take those slim profits and buy some more rigs and expand your operation. You keep doing that, kind of assuming Bitcoin's going to go up forever. Well, that whole business model has been absolutely wrecked. So, people are not buying rigs anymore. And here's some proof of that. So, GMO Internet produced 7 nanometer rigs before anyone else that did. Like, in good conditions, they would have been doing really good right now. They would be very profitable. 
Instead, GMO Internet shutting down their entire mining division. They're not going to research mining rigs anymore. They're not going to sell them. They're not going to manufacture them. They're and they're getting out of the mining business. They have a whole bunch of seven nanometer rigs though, that do profitably mine even in these conditions. Probably even with Bitcoin below four thousand, they're probably profitably mining. But they're so they're going to make an in-house mining operation and call it a day. And no more mining. Um, and they lost hundreds of millions of dollars, like 300, 400 million dollars, U.S. dollars they have lost. It's like tens of billions of Japanese yen. So, G GMO Internet had really cutting-edge rigs, but they have to just get out of the game. No one is even buying the most cutting-edge rigs. Basically, the, the miners, the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency miners, they can't afford to buy anything else now. They have a bunch of rigs sitting around that can't even run right now. They're not going to be buying anything. They're just running the rigs they have because, you know, it's better to run them, the ones that are profitable, than to lose money. So, they probably don't even want to be miners anymore the way it is right now. So, yeah, the mining industry has been pretty wrecked, so Bitmain can't sell anything. They probably have huge inventories that are just, like, stacked up. They can't produce anything else. Their development's been, like, halted pretty much, probably. Like, seriously, that sounds pretty extreme, but it's true. There's so many miners in the inventory of mining manufacturers that they're not able to sell them. They're not able to develop new ones. And, yeah, they're, the companies like have no income anymore. So Bitmain was a huge company. It needed income. And then the crypto market went down, too. They had a bunch of Bitcoin cash and stuff. And they lost a ton of money on that. Bitmain especially got hit hard. So, yeah, Bitmain is losing more than half the employees. And GMO Internet is going out of business completely. And that's not the end of it. This is kind of like, it's going to be a while... Bitcoin has to go up over, it has to go up at least 100% for the mining industry to start making sales again. That's the honest reality. So that's all we have for you on the December 27th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast. Come back tomorrow for another deep dive market analysis on the day that CME Bitcoin futures trading expires and then maybe we can get hopeful for a rally in January. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. And go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency analysis.